tonight my title is The Perfect Redeemer. The Perfect Redeemer. Would you open your Bibles, please, to Revelation 5? Revelation 5. You know, I think that a lot of times um, we have a limited understanding, a limited view of what the Lord's all about when it came to, you know, sending Jesus to the cross and what that was all about. We tend to, I think, look at this as primarily a very personal thing, that Jesus is my Savior and my healer and he's my friend, and it's very much that way. And, and to the point to where sometimes we're only concerned with our own doing with the Lord, and we don't really have the bigger picture in mind about why He came and what it's all about. Yes, He came for each one of us as an individual, but it's bigger than just you and just me. Amen? Amen. So let's look here in Revelation 5.1. I saw in the right hand of Him who sat on the throne a book written inside and on the back sealed up with seven seals. Now, your King James may say this is a scroll. As we know that um, in back in Bible days, didn't have a book, as we would say, with all the pages you know, one way and bound on one side. But instead, they had a scroll, and they would write on it and roll it up. This was a sealed scroll. In Bible times, a sealed scroll was a real estate transaction. You understand that the, your land as an Israelite, as an Israelite, Israeli, Israeli, Israelite, your land was your inheritance. It was extremely important that it stay within the family. And so, time to time, there would be somebody falling hard times, and then they would have to sell their property. But inside their real estate transaction was always the provision that you could buy it back, that you or somebody in your family could buy your property back because they wanted to keep it in the family. And so, the, I love that the provision was already built in to the way they operated for redemption to get it back. And so inside the scroll, it contained all the details of the purchase, who sold what to whom for how much, and it also contained all of the details for what it would take to redeem the land back. And then on the outside, they would seal it up, and they would roll it up and seal it again, and on the outside, they would have the signatures of the people who witnessed the transaction, and they would also have some kind of a title or label on the outside so they could identify this scroll from another one. So, this type of scroll, it says it was seven seals. The seals, when you had a really large document, a large document would be rolled up and would seal along the way. Seal, rolled up, seal. So, there would be a seal on the outside that you would break that open, and you could read it for a while, then break another seal, read for a while, and read for a while. And so... On the outside, they may have written also some indication of what was on the inside, but you don't know exactly what's in there until you break the seals and unroll and see the details of what was hidden there. Real estate transactions were also sealed with seven seals. It was a, just a common practice of the day. So we have here, we have God sitting on the throne, and he's got a seal with seven seals. Now, John and Bible people reading this knew exactly what he was talking about here. We don't necessarily because of a Western mindset. But this was, the, this was a real estate transaction. It was a title deed to the earth. Because what happened was Adam was given the original title. You know, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God created it. He owns everything. But he had given the title to Adam. 
We read in Genesis uh, 1.26, says, God said, Let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God had given Adam and Eve dominion over all the earth. How do you know that everything that was created in the earth was for the benefit of man? Right? right. I mean, all, that's why it was there. God created it all, made it perfect environment, and then the very last thing he did was put Adam and Eve in the middle of it, after he had already made provision for everything they had need of, right? So, everything on the earth was for Adam's benefit. There was only one thing he could not have, right? What was that? The forbidden fruit. God says, you can have everything else, but you can't have this one thing. Well, as we know the story, we know that the tempter came along, deceived Eve, tempted them into going after that forbidden fruit. And so, when Adam did that, he, his disobedience was a sin of high treason. When he did that, he gave over title deed to the enemy. There was a lien that was placed on the title deed because of the sin of disobedience here. So now we have, the Bible tells us in 8, Romans 8, 22 and 23, we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but we also ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of the body. You know, the beautiful creation, the beautiful plan that God had was corrupted. And so now we have the curse upon the earth. We had the ground was cursed. You know, it began to bring forth uh, thorns and thistles instead of bringing forth the good things, right? And he had, God has said that Adam would have now have to work in the sweat of his brow to be able to produce anything. And said that his, uh, his wife would have childbirth in hard labor. And it was all because of the curse that was brought in. The earth didn't naturally produce as easily as it once had because the enemy had come in. And so all of creation is waiting to be broken free from that captivity and that bondage. You know what? You're, all of creation is groaning. This is one reason why we're seeing more and more earthquakes. We're seeing more and more uh, of natural disasters. You know, earth is groaning, is saying, groaning under the weight of sin. Because the more people we have on the earth, I mean, the more sin we've got on the earth, right? There's a lot of sin. You know, there's a place in the Old Testament where God talks about um, the Israelites and he warns them not to sin, he says, or the land will spew you out. The land will vomit you out if you sin. And so we've seen that God has even taken whole, you know, lands from nations and given them to Israel, right? And we've seen an upheaval where the earth, I mean, there's earth, there's volcanic eruptions, all kinds of things are happening as the earth is groaning and wants to be set free from the sin and the captivity. And all of that, but we ourselves groan, don't we? Yes. I mean, we groan with the things that we have been saddled with, you know. Some of the things happen in your physical body because of death and decay. Because, you know, let's face it, you're growing older, some things start working, you know, not the way that like, you like them to. Okay? And, and there's a groaning. I mean, how many times haven't we all just said, you know, oh, I just need to get this body redeemed. My body needs to embrace full redemption. Right? Yeah. And thank God for Jesus. But we find ourselves groaning and waiting for redemption. Now let's look there at Revelation 5.2. 
And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the book or to look into it. Then I began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy to open the book or to look into it. You see, it's being held at the right hand of God. For somebody to take it, to take possession. But you see, you can't, you know, in the natural, you can't enter into a real estate transaction without being qualified. Exactly. Isn't that exactly right? Yes. This is a real estate transaction God is holding out. Who is qualified? Well, not you and not me, that's for sure. And the, the, John says here, he says, I wept because there was no <coughs> one who was worthy, no one who was qualified to open the book, to take, open the seals. So what are the qualifications? The qualifications are, number one, he must be sinless. Because it was sin is what brought the lien on the property. The sin was what brought the open door for the devil to come in and brought the curse. So it had to be a sinless person. A lot of people can die, um, can die for their own sin, but in order to pay the price for somebody else's sin, you have to be sinless, right? This is how it is that Jesus could die for our sin, because he had none. Another qualification is he must be part of Adam's family. Because the earth was given to men, the Bible says. The earth was given to men. So an angel couldn't come and redeem it. An angel couldn't come and break open the book. It had to be someone who was a son of Adam. Someone who had a legal right by being born on the planet. How many know that the only people with legal rights here are those who are born here? Right? I'm not worried about aliens. Are you? You know, not worried about that. I mean, we even know that even in the natural realm, it's natural-born citizens who have rights to, in the country. Natural, if you're, you know, natural-born, you know, citizen of France, you don't have any rights over here, except what we give you. You don't get to vote, right? Who gets to vote? Natural-born citizens get to vote. Okay. Um, also, the qualification is he must, as far as being part of of a uh, the sinless and the son of Adam. He needs to be what the Hebrews called a kinsman redeemer. Now, in times past, as I mentioned earlier, that the if a real estate um, transaction happened, the, the property was sold, there was qualification, there was detail, provision being made for it to be bought back by a family member. And we have examples in the scripture of a couple of cases where you had a relative that stood up to buy the land so it could stay in the family. Remember the story of Ruth? And Boaz, Boaz was the kinsman redeemer. He was a relative, and so he was able to buy the property back, right? We also have example of Jeremiah, when he redeemed a property that belonged to his cousin. So, it has to be a kinsman redeemer, someone who is in the same family who can do that. <clears throat> property is supposed to stay in the same family. If your, if your property became encumbered, it was the privilege of your closest relative to redeem it. That's why when Ruth... And when Boaz wanted to marry Ruth, he's, he was saying, telling his, um, um, her family member said, you are a closer relative, and so you have the option of buying this property back. Okay. But, if, but the problem being, if the perfect redeemer is going to be sinless son of Adam, but how can you be a son of Adam and be sinless? Because we all inherited sin, right, from Adam. It came all the way down to the family line. Solomon said, in sin my mother conceived me. I was born in sin. <coughs> and so the only way would have to be someone who was not born of Adam, but technically, but born of a woman. Did not have 
the DNA, the contaminated, tainted blood of Adam in his veins. But instead, he was created as the first surrogate baby, the first one that had no, no um, natural mother, no natural father. Jesus' body was prepared beforehand and placed in her womb. Her body nourished and fed him in the womb, but she didn't, he did not carry any of her DNA. He couldn't because it would have been contaminated. But she did give birth to him on the earth, so he came into the earth the legal way by being birthed. Hallelujah. He got smart. He <laughs> became it the legal way. So he was born without an earthly father. It was a virgin conception. And he is the only person who can actually be really called the seed of woman. You know, the promise was in Genesis when the Lord said that I will, that, the, that um, at the day when he cursed Satan and he said that you would crush his, he would bite his heel, but he will crush your head. It's the seed of the woman that was going to do that. And since there's been warfare against the devil and the female race ever since. And that's why I believe that many times there is such, there has been, women have come under such oppression over the years. Not that men haven't either, but there is a special hatred that is reserved for women because they bring life. Okay. The perfect redeemer also must die. He has to die. If there is no death, there is no inheritance. He must die. Death was the penalty for a man's sin. That's why when Adam and Eve sinned, what did God do about it? He went out and killed the animals and wrapped them in their bloody garments, their bloody skins. It is sin requires death to, to remove it. And so God himself has pronounced the sentence of death upon it. And yet, if he's going to administrate this real estate, then he's got to be alive. So maybe die, but you got to come back to life. Because how is he going to exercise his privileges as owners if he's dead? So he's got to come back alive. He must be of Adam's family, but without sin. He must be born, but without inheriting all that men are inheriting. Hallelujah. Let's look at verse 5. And one of the elders said to me, Stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. Hallelujah. He has overcome. Found one who was worthy, one who was qualified, one who could, had the legal right to open up the seals. Verse 6, And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing as if slain having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat on the throne. When he had taken the book, the four living creatures and twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain, and purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, and the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor, and glory, and blessing. 
and every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them, I heard saying to him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. Hallelujah. Everyone recognizes that he is worthy. He is worthy to take the title deed to the earth, take the title deed of redemption, and to open the seals and to begin to administrate it. Hallelujah. As he takes the, as he takes the scroll and he starts to open it, what he's doing is he is exercising his full ownership. The earth is finally fully his. Hallelujah. Because he has redeemed it. Hallelujah. And as he begins to open the seals, and if you read further on, you read that as he begins to open the seals, all kinds of things begin to happen on the earth, don't they? And what's happening is he's beginning to exert his dominion, and he is loosing judgment on wickedness throughout the earth. So that's why the Bible says when you see these things happening, look up, your redemption's drawing nigh. Mm -hmm. You know? We're not supposed to be afraid and hiding the cower. We're going, praise God, we're getting close to the end. How do y'all feel like we're getting close to the end? Yeah. <laughs> okay? Okay? Yeah. All right? We're, we're getting, we're going that direction. Yeah. And that's why, even though you've got human compassion for people who are suffering, I mean, you've got compassion for that. But on the other hand, it means God is doing a, He is dealing a death blow to wickedness. Yes. He is doing a death blow to the forces of darkness. Hallelujah. And freeing us up from captivity. Hallelujah. A full redemption. You know, I don't want just a redemption in name only. I want to experience complete and full redemption, right? Amen. I mean, there's so many things, aren't we? We're still believing God for, walking out, believing, trusting, expecting, hoping for full redemption. When God has already purchased it for us. I'm like, I want the full thing. Yeah. Well, the time is coming when we will have a full and complete redemption that will affect every aspect of reality. Every aspect of your life. It's going to affect all of creation. It's going to affect the physiological makeup of animals. You know that, don't you? Yes. I mean, there's some animals going to have to have some change done in their their digestive system and in their you know their teeth. I mean, they you know the way that the way that you know predators now are equipped to rip and to tear. You know what? That ain't happening. That season of time is coming to an end. The lion and the lamb are going to lay down together. We'll be able the, to the lion and, the, and they're all going to chew, they're going to chew grass, <laughs> you know, yeah. just like the cow. So that means going to have some real change in the structure as everything is brought back full circle. And that means that, that you and I will not be suffering with any, any form of physical abnormality, inability, or anything. But we have a glorified body. A new body, hallelujah. Yeah. Just like the one Jesus has right now. Amen. Yeah. One that, you know, takes him where he needs to go. Doesn't matter if there's a wall there or not. Just walk through. You know, walk on the water, whatever. And I believe that we're entering into a time where we are beginning to taste some of those things in the oh, here yeah. and now. That it's not going to have to be wait till we get to heaven. I don't want to wait till I get to heaven. We need that stuff here right now. Yes, and so this is where it's time for us to open up and to say, let's begin to walk out as redeemed sons and daughters. That we are redeemed in partnership with God and seeing the expansion of His kingdom on the earth, and just continue to walk in and press forward. You know, the Lord's after our, the Lord is after a harvest in the earth. He's after many sons being brought to righteousness. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Every obstacle to His dominion is gonna fail. Hallelujah. 
Every rebel is going to bow the knee. Everything that stands in the way is going to be defeated. He is Lord of all, and He is our conquering hero. Jesus is my hero. Hallelujah. My hero. That's right. He's coming to save the day, y'all. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 15. Beautiful scriptures here. First Corinthians 15, verse 20. He is the perfect redeemer. He's perfect. He's abundantly qualified. Worthy to rule and to reign. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 15, 20. But now Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, after that those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end, when he hands over the kingdom to the God and the Father. When he has abolished all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be abolished is death. For he has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when he says all things are put in subjection, it's evident that he is accepted who put all things and subjected to him. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself also will be subjected to the one who subjected all things to him, so that God may be all in all. So Jesus must reign until every enemy has been subdued. When everything has been brought back into order, then he turns and makes a gift to Father God and submits himself to Father God. A beautiful picture. It's, to me, it's a picture of here comes the hero from the battle. He has won. He has got it. And he brings the prize to Father. Because what was Father after? Father is after a righteous kingdom, but a family. He's after a family to come and to love him and to know him. And so Jesus says, I've brought everything. I've made everything in order. Everything is for the way you had it pictured before the foundation of the earth. That vision you had of a beautiful group of people, a beautiful kingdom, I've brought it to manifestation. And here it is, as a present to you. Hallelujah. That God may be all in all. Wonderful, wonderful scripture. And then flip over to the last scripture, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Hallelujah. The perfect Redeemer. Hallelujah. Colossians 1, 15. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church. And he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. So that he himself will come to have first place in everything. The King James says preeminence. I love that word. The preeminence of everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. And through him to reconcile all things to himself. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him I say. Whether things on earth or things in heaven. Jesus is the perfect redeemer. He is bringing everything back to order. He has started it. I mean, he's finished the work on the cross. We're at the place of seeing the unfolding of the scroll 
of seeing those things being to be broken forth and seeing the kingdoms being delivered into the hand of Almighty God. The kingdoms of this world, they shall become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, the Bible says. And we shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. And, and it's, a glorious, it's a glorious picture. And I know that right now there's a lot of people who are they're afraid about what's coming on the earth. They're afraid of things, of signs and wonders, of disasters, of, of government. Of, you, know, you know what? We are not to live in fear, folks. We are not to live in fear. We'll get some wisdom from God about what we need to do. But we're going to be about our Father's business. Mm -hmm. you, you work while the day is light. Right? Mm -hmm. While we have opportunity, yes. we give, we pray, we support, we evangelize, we pray, we prophesy, we do what we can mm -hmm. while we have opportunity to do so. And we just trust God because, you know what? We've called upon His name and He is not going to abandon us. That's right. Amen. He is not That's going to abandon true. us. Yes. I belong to Jesus. That's right. I'm my beloved and He is mine. Amen. He's coming for me. Amen. He's, he's not going to leave us behind. Amen. He's coming through. Hallelujah. Amen. We are part of the bride of Christ. We're part of that kingdom. We are a gift to Almighty God. Father, I just praise you tonight. I thank you, Lord, for your wisdom. I thank you, Lord God, that you have this big picture. It's all about filling your kingdom, Lord God. It's all about Jesus. You are Lord, King, ruler of all the earth. And it's all about you being exalted and your will being released and manifest on the earth. It's all about the earth being brought back into your family, Lord. It's all about all of redemption of all creation of all things that have been corrupted and contaminated. Lord God, it's all being brought back under your lordship and under your rule. And we give you praise and thanks for it. And Father God, I pray right now that even that you would push upon our heart a desire, Lord God, to see your kingdom advance in our own personal lives, in our spheres of influence. That, Lord, if there are places where we have held back out of fear, that, Lord God, that you give us a holy boldness to rise up and to not live in worry and not live in fear, but, God, just to be sons and daughters who are listening to you and obedient to your word and doing what, what you put on our hearts, Lord, to see your kingdom come. Yes, Lord God, your kingdom come, your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Lord God, it's your kingdom, your power, your glory, your dominion. And we want to see all things brought under your rule. Yes. We worship you and we bless you tonight. Lord God, you said that we are sons and daughters of God. You said, Lord God, that we are the light, um, that, you, that we are light, that we are salt. We are like a city set upon a hill, cannot be hid. Lord God, I pray that our light would so shine. That, Lord, that others would be drawn to ask us for the, the reason for the hope yes. that's in us. Lord God, that we would be able to see healings and miracles, signs and wonders. Lord God, not just having to go to church and see the evangelists do them, but, Lord God, that your people would, Lord, be carriers of your anointing, carriers of your presence, and carriers of your compassion, Lord God. And I ask, Lord God, that even this week, you grant every last one of us a divine appointment. Give us a divine appointment. Somebody, Lord God, that you have prepared. Somebody that you can bring a right in our path, and we can have something to give to them that will bless them, help them, minister to them, bring them, uh, bring them something in some way from your hand. Lord God, I just ask, Lord God, that you even cause us to be alert and to pay attention to those divine appointments. Yes. And Lord, that we're not just so caught up in our own concerns, our own affairs, to not be looking upon the affairs of someone else. Mm -hmm. 
But I thank you, Holy Spirit, you're leading us into all truth. Hallelujah. Lord, we want to bear a lot of fruit for you. We bear a lot of fruit, Lord God. Hallelujah. Praise our fruit, Lord. And we thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.